Welcome, everybody. Hey, Pastor. How's, uh, how's the cold treating you this morning? Uh, th- that's a relative term. It's, I think it's still pretty warm for a lot of people. Pastor, I kid you not, I am here on my coffee table with a, with a winter coat on. I have the heater on, but I am freezing. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. You're a Houstonite for sure. Oh, oh yeah. And I got the, uh, or, uh, yeah, the, the Mexican-ness in me really runs strong. And zero tolerance for the cold. You're you're in the right place. Oh yeah. All right. So this morning we're going to talk about I think a subject that isn't talked about very much, as in actually dealing with the text itself. But I'm pretty sure we've all heard something about it. We're going to talk about Ishmael, Hagar, and wild donkeys. So our text today is found in Genesis 16:12, and I want to read it for our audience here. So it says, he shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. Man. So growing up, you've heard, I've heard these weird misconceptions about Ishmael and this passage in particular. Some people have taken this to mean that one, Arabs and Muslims are descendants of Ishmael. And that the Middle East conflict is, you know, the descendants of Ishmael fighting against the descendants of Isaac, right? Or some weird picture like that. You usually hear it in dispensational circles, pre-trip circles, you know, trying to explain what's happening. And man, that's simply not the case. I mean, the descendants of Ishmael are much more diverse than Arabs. The conflict in in the Middle East is much more complex than a a two-dimensional picture of Ishmael versus Isaac's descendants or something like that. And it's very unfortunate because this is not a modern issue. It's actually a historical one. Throughout history, this passage has been used to justify violence against, you know, the Arab nation and against Muslims and really unfortunate. And I really hope that we can clear that misconception. On top of all of that, many people have taken the title wild donkey here used for Ishmael to mean that Ishmael is violent, stubborn, and crazy or something like that. And that's simply not the case. And what we're going to do here today is we're going to look at three things. We're going to look at the textual textual issue behind this verse. We're going to look at the theme of wild donkeys in the Old Testament and in the ancient world. And thirdly, we're going to take a closer look into God's blessing to Hagar and Ishmael. Now, Pastor, how have you heard this passage used throughout you know, your years in ministry? Um, I, see, I think pretty much the same way you just said. On a negative side, it's whenever something happens bad in the Middle East with violence or war, or, um, something with Muslims, you know, it's pointed out, well, that's the way God set it up. Um, you know, the Arabs are going to be a violent people and we're going to have to stop them because that's what God said about Ishmael. Yeah. And so they try to draw this connection between Ishmael and modern Arabs. As you said, it doesn't trace that way. The Ishmaelites went all over the place. Yeah. And, you know, so they're trying to make a political or spiritual point misusing the verse. But, yeah, that's the most common way I've heard it used. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. No. I want us to look at the textual issues behind Genesis 16, 12. And and a scholar by the name of Christopher Hurd has noted something very important. He said that historically, negative interpretations against Hagar and Ishmael 
owes more to interpreters' own attitudes over the centuries than to biblical data, meaning that our own biases influence not only our interpretation of this text, but even its translation. Why do I say that? When we read the ESV, the NIV, or most most uh, most translations, this this the passage uses a word that that makes makes it sound negative, and that's the word against. His hand will be against everyone. Everyone's hand against him. He shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. However, the preposition translated as against is actually extremely nuanced. It's more fluid. In the original Hebrew, it could also mean in. At, with, and from. It's more, much more fluid than we think. Another scholar by the name of Patrick Crayer, he actually argues that the context favors the translation from for the following reasons. One, wild donkeys are actually good creatures known for being free-spirited. Two, God is actually blessing Ishmael in this passage, not cursing him. And three, Hagar reacts positively in worship to God's words. So he offers an alternative translation, and this is it. He says, he, will, he, Ishmael, will be a free man. His hand will be free from everyone, and everyone's hand will be free from him, and he will live in the presence of all his kin. In other words, Ishmael will be a free person. Everyone will live independently from him, and he will live independently from everyone else. This is a minority position. I do recognize it. However, context does favor this, and we're going to take a closer look into that. So, Pastor, what, what are your thoughts on not only the textual issue behind this verse, but also on <laughs> your thoughts on basing our whole theology of Ishmael, Arabs, Muslims on, on one verse? Yeah, we should remind people, I think most people recognize uh, the context, but this is where the angel of the Lord appears to Hagar, who's out in the desert alone. Hmm. And he instructs Hagar to go back to Sarah, even though Sarah is the one making life so difficult for Hagar. And um, in that, the Lord speaks about his blessing on Hagar and, and Ishmael. But this kind of reminds me of the curse of Cain. Hmm. And, you know, the curse of Cain, many for years, especially in the Southern Church, um, justified slavery based on uh, the curse of Cain uh, in, in Genesis 4, that the curse of Cain was black skin. Hmm. That was the mark of Cain. And so, you know, you had this horrible translation or I should say interpretation of a verse that simply caught on in many circles. Mm. And of course, you know, all sides since then. But even the Mormons held the curse of Cain was black skin. Yeah. And it obviously has nothing to do with the passage. And so we have one really difficult to understand statement about Ishmael. And then they form a whole theology of politics based on that so it's so something very similar yeah no that's that's great and really unfortunate now when it comes to wild donkeys the reason we take this so negatively is because they have a bad connotation in the west right we think it's usually there's a slang there's actually um an inappropriate way right to 
to tell someone if they're a donkey, you're, you're trying to say they're they're stubborn. In Mexico, if you call someone a donkey, they're dumb. But in the world of the Old Testament, wild donkeys were actually good creatures, equivalent to a wild mustang, strong, beautiful, but most importantly, free. And it's really unfortunate for that, that for a lot of people, wild donkey, they think that here God is calling Ishmael that a savage, that he's going to be a savage, but that's simply not the case. When, when we actually see Ishmael's life played out in Genesis, we don't really see the description of a savage man. For example, Ishmael was circumcised, meaning that at a young age, he participated in the religious life of Abraham. Abraham, he must have heard the promises. He must have witnessed Abraham sacrifice. He must have been a witness to, to just Abraham's religious life. Secondly, Ishmael had an occupation. He was a hunter. That was an honorable thing. Thirdly, he was married and had a family. And, and fourthly, I mean, apart from Ishmael laughing or as baby Isaac, or as some translations adopt the word mocking, Ishmael mocked baby Isaac. Apart from that one occasion, Ishmael is really out of the picture in the story of Genesis until Abraham dies. Because what happens when Abraham dies? Genesis describes that both Isaac and Ishmael bury Abraham in Machpelah, the cave that he, the, the piece of land that he bought that had a cave in it. Now, why is this important? One, the fact that none of Abraham's other sons are mentioned, but only Isaac and Ishmael are mentioned, which 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 is pretty significant. Secondly, um, we see that Ishmael doesn't seek to kill Isaac, but instead actually, in a way, um, in a very, I think, implicit way, almost recognizing that, yeah, Isaac has the claim to the inheritance and doesn't, there's no, there's nothing here that, that says that Ishmael tried to fight Isaac's for Abraham's inheritance now that Abraham's dead or anything like that. So it's actually really almost like a positive image here that Isaac and Ishmael bury him in peace. All this to say, what we have here is not a description of a savage man, but rather a man who is free from his brothers, minding his own business like a wild donkey. So, Pastor, do you have any comment on how this theme of wild donkey actually highlights Ishmael's freedom and not his savageness? Yeah, this reminds us of what we've been saying in other podcasts, that when you interpret the Old Testament, be careful not to interpret it through modern American lenses, mm. but to ask the question and do the research, what did the original hearers know? What did they understand about this? What, what would they have been thinking? Not what would we use the word donkey for, but what did they use? What did they think of a donkey? Hmm. And so that principle that you're bringing up is really applies to all the Old Testament, that we have to be very careful Yes, uh, that we don't use our modern lenses. But uh, yeah, that's my only point. So. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's good. That is, <laughs> we have to remind ourselves that this is one, geographically completely different. This isn't like an ancient Mesopotamia and two, it's like thousands of years, cultural like difference between us and this original audience. So not to say that you, you can't read your Bible and not understand it, but that there are going to be some places like these where we have to be extremely careful and kind of, like you said, research and, and, and dive into a closer look. Now, I want, I want us to, to take a closer lens to God's blessing to Hagar and Ishmael. And the first thing I want us to notice is how 
closely paralleled it is with Abraham's blessing. Because the promise here in Genesis 16, 12 is almost kind of, I mean, the whole passage, I'm sorry, it's almost verbatim the promise given to Abraham. Notice the language um, throughout Genesis. It says, is in Genesis 16, 10, it says, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered. Genesis 21, 18, I will make him, Ishmael, into a great nation. In Genesis 21, 20, and God was with the boy, with Ishmael, and he grew up. So we don't know if Ishmael was a believer, but what we do know is that God's blessing was over him. How closely associated the words given to Hagar and Ishmael are with the words God gave to Abraham. And on top of that, notice Hagar's reaction. Why, why would she be comforted by God's words if, if they were negative? The reason she was is because Hagar, as an abused slave who suffered under Sarah, God tells her, you will have a son who will create a free, in, a free people in a free nation who is not enslaved. So we should take Genesis 16, 12, not as a curse, but as a blessing. So in light of that, in light of Hagar's reaction, in light of the parallel this promise is with Abraham's blessing, and in light of how positive wild donkeys um, are used in, in, in the Old Testament and in the ancient world, I want you to hear, hear out Patrick Crayer's alternative translation once again. It reads, he, Ishmael, will be a free man. His hand will be free from everyone, and everyone's hand will be free from him. And he will live in the presence of all his kin. In other words, Ishmael will be an independent person, independent from everyone, and everyone independent from him. Any thoughts, Pastor, on, on this? It really brings up the point that God often gives common grace blessings uh, to people, whether they're Christians or not. And, you know, Ishmael may, may not have been a believer, but God is still blessing him. He's still comforting um, Hagar, that God will take care of him. So even though the lost are under his wrath, God still loves the lost. He sends rain um, and blessings on them. And, and here he is blessing Isaac excuse me, Ishmael, um, even though Ishmael will not continue the covenant line, faith will not be continued from child to child, bringing up the Messiah like it would the Jewish people. And yet God pronounces uh, a blessing. There's a protection. There's um, God's, God cares for the lost. Hmm. We see that here. And so yeah. a, a blessing doesn't have to be a saving blessing to still be God-blessing people. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. Now, this leads us to the horizontal and the vertical elements of our, of our passage. How, when it comes to the horizontal, how does this story point towards God's kingdom? And, man, this is, this is my favorite part. Because one thing that we always forget sometimes is that Hagar and Ishmael are Egyptians. Well, Ishmael's half Egyptian. But Hagar's an Egyptian. And, and, and we see that God is blessing Egyptians. And this, this, is, this, this story here is meant to point forward when God's future blessing of the Gentiles. What we have here in the story of Hagar and Ishmael is the beginning of the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham 
that the nations will be blessed. Because notice, there were, there were other Egyptians back in the day. Hagar and Ishmael are not special in that sense. Outside of Abraham, Hagar and Ishmael are nobodies. But because they were closely associated with Abraham, they received this common grace blessing. In a similar way, us Gentiles, non-Jewish people, foreigners to the covenant, foreigners to the promises of God, were nobodies outside of Christ. But looking forward, the way this, this story points forward is that the blessing that God gives to the Gentiles in Christ is that we receive forgiveness, we receive salvation, we receive life, we receive the promise of the kingdom of God despite not being Jewish because we are associated with Christ. That's a really beautiful picture here. Hagar and Ishmael are blessed because they're associated with Abraham and us Gentiles are blessed because we're associated closely, intimately associated with Christ. Any thoughts, Pastor, here on how this points towards God's kingdom? This goes right to what covenant theology is, that you have type and then you have fulfillment. Yes. The Old Testament picture is, is a type. And so in Genesis 12, God sets apart Abraham and his descendants, and he tells them they will be a blessing to the nation. Mm. In the New Testament, we're told that Christ is the fulfillment of that promise. And as the gospel goes out, as you said, that is the blessings coming to the Gentiles. Yes. And so here's a picture of that. Mm. Um, just as you said, the type is the blessing that came to Hagar and Ishmael, even though they were lost um, outside of the covenant people. And so, yeah, this pictures the new covenant in a beautiful way. Exactly. And, and I think, I think you, that language is so important. We have to remind our listeners and, and everyone, right? This is a type. What do I mean by that? Because remember, they receive a common grace blessing. In Christ, we don't receive that common grace blessing, right? We don't receive outward prosperity. We receive, we receive something greater, right? Like we said, forgiveness, salvation, life. And that's, that, that's what makes right, that fulfillment more beautiful, that we, receive, that we receive something greater than physical prosperity or something like that. Now, when it comes to the vertical element of our passage, how, how, do, how does this apply to Christians now? How does this apply to the kingdom of God now? And, and the first thing that we see and that you've noted is that if, if, if Hagar and Ishmael remained unbelievers, we see that God here cares for the lost. Like you said, even in common grace, because Ishmael received common grace blessings of a great family, a great nation, a great kingdom. That's, that's one, we show that God cares for the lost and we should, one, imitate that same care and love. Um, we can't give common grace blessings, right? We, we can't give people the promise of prosperity, but we, do, we, we, we can show neighborly love and care. But secondly, I think Hagar here is actually a great example of faith. And I think we should imitate Hagar's faith in God's promises. What do I mean by that? Well, firstly, notice how Abraham tried to take hold of his promise by having a child with Hagar. He tried to force that promise to come to pass. In contrast, Hagar actually waited patiently amid abuse and suffering under Sarah until God gave her that common grace, fulfilled his common uh, grace blessing to her and Ishmael. Similarly, we also are immigrants in this world. We are subject to suffering and struggle amid this world and amid others. 
So in the similar way, in the same way that Hagar waited patiently, we should also hold fast patiently to the promise that we have in Christ of the new creation. And I think that's a that's a very beautiful picture. Any comments, Pastor, on, on this vertical element? Yeah, I think another aspect is is to see and, and that that passage in Genesis sixteen is so beautiful that that God cares for Hagar. Here she is out in the middle of nowhere. And and even back then it was the middle of nowhere, you know, Judea. Yeah. And she, she may be dying, she may be lost, she may be just feeling so lonely. And and the Son of God, I mean, it's the second person of the Trinity, takes on a momentary form to come down and speak to her and yeah. to, to guide her. So here you see the love of God for his people, even one person. Mm. So if you ever feel like God is must be too busy to care about my needs and to know intimately my needs and, and hurts. Just look at this passage. Is God caring for her? She's worried about her son. And God makes a promise to her and, and guides her. Exactly. So it is a beautiful picture of God's love for not only his church as a whole, but each of us as individuals. Hmm. No. So, so in conclusion, as we wrap this this episode up, I want us to remember that Ishmael here is actually painted in a more positive light than 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 many make it <laughs> make Ishmael be. Um, wild donkeys are just like wild mustangs; they're free, they're strong, and they're beautiful creatures. And what's being communicated here is that Ishmael is going to be a free nation, a free people, free from his brothers. His brothers free from him. But more importantly, we should see Ishmael's story as the beginning of God blessing the nations. Because as the story of the Bible unfolds, what we see in the book of Acts is, is, is exactly that. We see Ishmael, the I guess, a, rip, uh, a, a reappearing of sorts of Ishmael's story, but in a greater way, where the Gentiles are just blessed, not with common grace, but with salvation, with the forgiveness of sins, and more importantly, with the Spirit of God himself. And... Another beautiful thing is that this is a story of comfort, that God is faithful even amid trials and suffering. So as we've been kind of repeating throughout our series these past few weeks is that we're we're pilgrims in this world. So let us let us hold fast to the promise of the new creation in Christ. A any final thoughts, Pastor? I, I think you've shown again that when whenever you see online or in a book or hear a claim about a certain verse of the Bible, um, do some research, look into the different possible views. Don't simply accept things from one verse that is so prominent um, because people can really get it wrong and go to some dangerous places. Hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Pastor. Zach, I was super excited about this episode. I'm glad we were able to get through all that information in one episode. I want to thank yeah. our listeners for, for, for hearing in and, and we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>